If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. As we are based here in the UK, all times are in BST. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 4th to the 10th of September. I'm Features Editor Ezzy Pearson, and I'm joined by Reviews Editor Paul Money. Hello, Paul. Hello there, Ezzy. Time for another exciting week of observing. Oh, excellent. Do we have some exciting things to look forward to? Please do tell. Well, we've got some interesting ones with the moon again, because the moon, you know, we always follow the moon around. And it, by its definition, um, because it takes roughly 29 days to go around us, it's got to go past a whole range of objects. And usually it means it's bright planets. And that's what we're going to start with this week. We've actually got the moon on the 20, on the 4th of September at about 11 o'clock. So look out for Jupiter and Uranus. Well, the moon nearly forms a triangle, um, an isosceles triangle. It's slightly off sort of thing. Perhaps leave it later in the night and it will make an isosceles triangle with Jupiter and Uranus. And it's just before it's going to be last quarter phase. So it's quite bright. So you probably need binoculars anyway to find Uranus. But uh, it's a nice view. And again, photographically, it's worth having a go. The moon will be bright, but uh, you can play about, do several different exposures and combine them to produce an interesting picture. So you want to be looking roughly east-northeast around 11 o'clock, but bear in mind you do need binoculars to spot Uranus. That doesn't mean to stop you from using a telescope on Jupiter uh, and its Galilean moons or the moon itself with all that detail as well. But, uh, you know, I like to see Uranus as well because that's... If you haven't seen Uranus, of course, having the moon and Jupiter not too far away helps guide you, doesn't it? That's mm. why we like the moon in particular. It tends to guide you to these objects. Now, September 5th, the next night, the moon's moved on, but it's a nice conjunction. It's directly below the Pleiades or Messier 45, the star cluster in Taurus. These are the seven sisters. Now, with the moonlight, you probably only will see the seven sisters, but mm. the actual moon itself is a half phase and directly below it within a few degrees. As I say, the proximity of the moon will diminish the fainter stars. Binoculars will show a few more, 
So it's worth having a look with binoculars. Um, but to, even in binoculars, you'll get the moon in the view. Ten by fifties will actually put the moon in the view as well. But it's a lovely conjunction uh, with the cluster itself. So, uh, and the thing is, over the years. The moon has a, an, an, has an inclined orbit. So, and this precesses around the earth. So we have phases where the moon is a long way from the Pleiades. And that's when it passes through the Hyades star cluster. Now we're gradually inching back. It's getting closer and closer to the Pleiades. And in the next few years, we might start seeing actual occultations of some of the stars of the Pleiades. So it's always exciting when I see the moon getting close to the Pleiades because I think they're quite amazing to watch because you don't just get one occultation. You've got the Pleiades there, <laughs> loads of stars and quite bright stars, <laughs> yeah. lots of them. So you get quite a few occultations. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. So this, is, this gets me excited seeing the moon getting this close to the Pleiades star cluster. And is the Pleiades going to be are the moon and Pleiades going to be getting closer over the, the coming months or is this sort of as close as they're going to get? This, this is good. They'll be getting closer. There'll be periods when they get closer over the coming months. And then over the next few years, we'll see it actually creep even closer and start to encroach upon mm. the Pleiades themselves. So uh, it'll be interesting because uh, Jupiter is slowly moving through. And within a year or two, actually, Jupiter will be in the same view. So, uh, oh, can we jump ahead a couple of years? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to, because that sounds to me like it's a good photo opportunity in and on of itself, you know, you've got the moon next to the Pleiades, two very beautiful objects. But also, if you are keeping track of it over the course of the several months and several years, you've got a, a long track of showing the moon passing over this, this very distinctive area of sky. I think that'd be a really cool thing to do. So if anybody's yeah. looking for a project at home, or always like to give other people projects, um, that might be one for you if you are looking for something. Now, the next evening, as you can imagine, the moon doesn't stand still. Uh, well, it orbits us, doesn't it? So it carries on. Now, it's actually late night into the early hours of the 7th, the last quarter. So this is technically the last quarter moon forms a triangle, this time with the Pleiades star cluster and Aldebaran, which is the brightest star of the Hyades star cluster sort of thing. But it's not, is it? Because it actually it's a line of sight effect. It looks like it's part of the Hyades, but in actual fact, it's half the distance. Mm. So it's just a line of sight phenomenon that we actually see. But we've got this moon forming this triangle now with the Pleiades, the Hyades as well, and in particular the red eye of the bull, Aldebaran, uh, seen there. So that's late night of the 6th into the early hours of the actual 7th. So this is a really good time now because the moon's in the morning sky, we can actually see um, the actual dark sky in the evening. So now we're into September, really have got dark skies. So uh, we can actually look at the Milky Way and the Milky Way is roughly about nine o'clock in the evening. It's going from the south. So you've got Sagittarius, Scorpius in the southwest, and you've got the band of the Milky Way moving up straddling the whole sky, but you've got the summer Milky Way well on view with things like the uh, summer uh, triangle. You've got the Milky Way running down with, if you, you've got a dark side, it looks like there's dark patches that it's mm. here. And they genuinely are dark patches. They are dark clouds of dust in the Milky Way. One of them is the Cygnus Rift, very prominent indeed. And you've got lots of star clusters to pick up, Messier 11 and Messier 24, which is a large star cloud, as well. There's loads of them, Nebulae, Messier 17 and Messier 8, 
and as I say, the Cygnus Dark Rift amongst others as well. There's loads of globular clusters in this region because globular clusters surround the galactic core. So Ophiuchus, Scorpius, Ophiuchus, right round, you get right round down to Capricornus and Aquarius. You've got a load of globular clusters. Messier 15, for example, Messier 2, things like that. So this is the time. This is, You've got a week or so as we approach new moon to actually watch out and look at the deep sky. And let's hope we have some clear skies as well, because that does help, doesn't it? Otherwise, you can't see anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, that is, unfortunately, we will always be at the whims of the weather. But hopefully, we should have some good, at least a couple of good nights coming up in September. And that's often all we need, is like, especially mm-hmm. if we're reviewing equipment, we, we almost pray for them. <laughs> so, so We need a clear sky, please, sort of thing. You know, pray to whichever God you believe in, but please, let's have some clear skies. <laughs> Just a it's couple of hours. It's been quite dire at times. <laughs> We've had quite a wet summer, haven't we, really, sort of thing. So uh, we, we could do with some. Now, we mentioned Venus the other week. He's back into the morning sky. September the 9th in the morning sky. You want to be looking around about 5 a.m. Venus, you can't mistake. It's the brightest object other than the moon and the sun. So you can't mistake that. But look for Venus, and a, just under a degree above it, is the star cluster Messier 67. It's effectively in conjunction. So this is a great time to grab a cluster and use a planet to guide you to the cluster. And it's a nice little cluster, but it's so far away from Messier 44, the beehive cluster, that it does tend mm. to get a bit overlooked. And again, people tend to look at the beehive cluster. So Venus is just under half a degree south of Messier 67. So do have a look at that sort of thing. Just This is just as twilight is beginning. Sort of thing. But it means it's high enough up so that you can actually see it without the obscuration of the uh, thick atmosphere lower down when it's actually uh, first rising. So there we are. So that's September 9th in the morning sky, I say. But we'll stay finally in the morning sky for our final target the next morning, September the 10th. Now, September the 10th itself um, doesn't sound particularly spectacular, but we're following the moon again. And it's actually not quite, but almost in a line between Kappa Geminorum and Pollux. Now, Castor and Pollux are the two main stars of Gemini. So Gemini is now up. I say it's amazing how much of the sky we're getting back now, the winter sky. Earthshine will be visible on the moon. So you've got this nice sort of light grouping of stars. You've got the moon, Kappa, you've got Pollux, and you've got Castor directly above as well. So that's September the 10th. Look for about three o'clock in the morning for for that. So there we are. So certainly got quite a few things to be getting on with this week. Thank you very much for taking us through them all, Paul. It's my pleasure. But just to summarise those again, on the 4th of September, the moon will be forming a triangle with Jupiter and Uranus. On the 5th, the moon is directly below the Pleiades. On the 6th, going into the 7th, the moon will form a triangle with M45, the Pleiades, and the star Aldebaran. On the 8th, It's a great opportunity to look at the Milky Way. The moon will be out of the way into the morning sky. So in the evening, it's a great time to have an explore around the Milky Way. Lots of things to see there. On the 9th, Venus is in the morning sky near to M67. And finally, on the 10th, the moon will be between Kappa, Geminorum and Pollux in the constellation of Gemini. So lots of things to look forward to. Uh, If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any of the upcoming stargazing highlights to see in the night sky, do be sure to subscribe to the podcast and we will see you back here next week. 
If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky this month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for throughout the whole month. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes or neither, our sky guide has got you covered, with detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 